Midsummer. Oh my god, you have to watch Midsummer. What is it? It's so good. It's a movie, and I don't know where you can watch it, but do you have you seen it, Paige? Oh my god, it's so good. It's like a scary movie. Oh, Colty. please tell me. Colty. And they like go on this trip, and then I think they I've do heard some about acid. It. So it's like you're like, what are you actually seeing? What are you not? Yeah, like what's you know? real, what's not? Yeah, no, and it's mm-hmm. fucking wacky boots. You need to watch it. That sounds crazy. Is it like a thriller? Yeah, it like builds pretty slow. And then, like, all of a sudden, you're like, wait, what? What is that? And then the ending is like, okay. That reminds me, have you ever seen Shutter Island? No. It's with uh, Leonardo DiCaprio. Uh And it's, like, this, like, psychological thriller about this, I think he's, like, a police officer, and he wants to investigate a criminal that's living on the insane asylum. Like, it's, like, Mm -hmm. it's like Riker Island. Like Azkaban. Pretty much like Azkaban. No, for real. It's like Azkaban. And so he, like, is a, he's a police officer or, like, an FBI agent, and he goes to, like, live in the insane asylum to, like, do research on the criminal he's wanting to investigate or something. Huh. I'm making all this up, but either way, he ends up in the insane asylum, and he's, like, doing this, like, he thinks he's, like, investigating, he's doing all this crazy shit, and then come to find out, like, spoiler alert, in the movie, it turns out, like, maybe he's crazy. Oh. And so, like like two-thirds of the movie is like you think he's investigating i love ones like that that like mess with your mind yeah and it's like psychological as fuck and it's so good it's really good i'll have to add it to my list it's like a spooky one too i saw it in the theaters and i like i didn't really know anything about it and i was like spooked i remember seeing the the um like trailers trailers for it but i never actually got around to it it was good i want to like figure out because we're gonna have people here for the Halloween, but I want us to like I don't want us to watch a scary movie, but my goal is like to have a scary movie playing because I want to hand out candy to children. And so so I want us to be able to like hear for the doorbell or whatever. Like I'll put a sign and tell people to ring our doorbell and then we'll go out. Like whoever's closest is gonna like go give kids candy. Are we gonna dress up? I think we should dress up, but nothing like crazy. Like it doesn't have to be like full on costume party. Ah. I'm gonna do like a like me and Jason want to do a couple's costume, but something easy, you know. Yeah. Like I don't want to like spend hours getting ready kind no. of costume. It always just ends up being like messy at the end of the night, anyways. And you're like, can I not wear this anymore? Yeah. Like halfway through, you're like, I'm so unfucking comfortable. I want to take all this off. Yeah. Our friend Paige is joining us today. Hi. What are you gonna dress up as? <laughs> Have no? you had any thoughts on like your Halloween costume? I have no clue. I'm really bad at that shit. Same. Like, like I wait till like the last weekend. And then I like am put so disappointed in myself because yeah, like, I look well, at myself and I'm like, wow, stick fucking costume. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it is. Yeah. That's what's gonna happen. This that was me as a preteen every year. I'm like, I'll just be gothic. <laughs> like that's how Ooh, I would always be a like, witch or a vampire, and I'm like, wow, same original, like classic. Every this fifteen year old on the face That's of the planet. That's the one. <laughs> I'll just be a witch, Dad. <laughs> I got a Joe Exotic costume. That I saw it. It's gonna be good. Um, yeah, it's gonna be quality. I'm really excited about that. If anybody hasn't watched that at this point, like I'm not sure who you are if you haven't seen no, at least yeah. parts of the documentary on Netflix. Tiger King. Tiger King. Yeah. I like saw it on Facebook, like. Like it was the, like a meme. The whole yeah, show like, was I just started, a joke. But I watched it pretty early on, but I saw like pieces of it on social mm-hmm. media and I was like, I'm sorry, what the fuck is this? <laughs> so I started watching it with Jason and like 
he very much doesn't he's like not interested in the things I watch like documentary wise because that's Mm -hmm. just not him and like he would play video games on one side and I'd be watching this and slowly he would be like in the middle of playing and he'd be like watching intricately and I'd be like it's fucking good and then like by the end of it like we were watching it together yeah every episode that's like when you said he didn't like new girl exactly yeah I'm like still angsty about that because he fought me so hard on New Girl, and now he fucking loves New Girl, and I'm it's like... It's because it's funny. Hmm, it's because it's great. Hmm. Interesting. <laughs> it's like I said it was. <laughs> so now everything, I like, I'm like, it's going to be like New Girl. You'll like it. And he's like, it's... And then it's not. It's not. Yeah. At all. Yeah. Well, this is, like, fucking crazy, because it's episode 10. Literally our 10th like, published episode. Oh, okay. Because I know we've recorded more. We talked about this at the beginning of every podcast. But we, we recorded do. more than the number that we are at now. So it doesn't feel but, right. It like, feels like off. Yeah. But it's this is like, this will be like the official 10. I love that. It's a milestone, truly. It's like weird. And we just hit 300 on Facebook. We hit 300 that followers on Facebook. And we hit, we're over like, we're almost to 420 downloads. Does this come off as braggy? It's not supposed to be. I'm just shook. No, I think it's good because I feel like. People who, like, listen from the beginning, maybe they want to know. Like, they want to, like, track, you know? Yeah. Like, with us, maybe? Maybe not. I mean, maybe they don't. That might not be true at all. I think it's true. See? We've grown with you. Paige is our audience here, so she's She's the one. also our friend. She gets biased. She represents the audience. Oh, okay. And it's perfect. Because she's our friend, so it's like, she has to say nice stuff about us. (laughs) So it's good. (laughs) I wanted to talk about... Okay, so... We talked about this, like, I think three episodes in a row, but I'm going to keep on trucking through it. Got it. So it's Chris and Shan Watts. Our favorite, your favorite. Yeah. Everyone. America's favorite. It's like, (laughs) I'm pretty sure this is, like, borderline one of America's, like, like, most followed true crime cases in general. And so me and Jenna started listening or watching to, like, the Netflix documentary that just came out. Yeah. I was researching what case I wanted to do, and so I was reading through, like, there's a Reddit thread for true crime, Mm -hmm. so I was reading through it, and my sort was for, like, top new posts, and so I found this post, and I literally, like, read this entire, I want to say it's a girl, but it's Reddit, so I don't know, like, Mm -hmm. what gender, but I'm assuming she's a girl, and she made this big, long post about Chris Watts and what she thought on the documentary and like I, I would literally want to read it to you because it's so do. fucking good please do okay so her username is little tiny kidder like l-i-l little tiny kidder so this is her post so i've seen some conversations about chris watts's documentary and i have to conclude one thing he was weak and pathetic true that's it it's not on his mom it's not on shanann it's not on anyone but himself he was weak and pathetic now, I'm not saying his mom wasn't a POS in her own way, by the way, but no woman is to blame for his insecurities. He had a wife and he had two children. Shanann was a woman who lived her life as an open book, and I think this is where he miscalculated because he got caught so easy. Mm-hmm. I've seen several threads where his mom is blamed as his root issue or his wife is blamed for being too controlling, but guys, let's get serious. Bad moms slash demanding wives are on no level the same as familicidal serial killers facts chris watts fucking sucked and had (laughs) no iota of a personality or interest and when he finally got into a relationship he actually cared about for the moment question mark oh he was too much of a wimp to just divorce his wife and try to move on 
Maybe because the whole thing would be public interest, on Facebook at least, but his mega dad facade <laughs> would have worn off. This isn't on the mom. This isn't on the wife. He sucked and thought he was better than slash smarter than society slash the law. Literally, he thought, I'll take the easy route and tried to snuff out his family like they weren't whole ass people and got Jeez. caught. To the people who keep feeling like Shanann and his mom fueled this, women aren't responsible or murderous men's misdeeds. Hard stop. I love that. I preach. Off. Literally, like, preach. I fucking read that and I was like, I'm sorry. Like, Go off, little kidder. <laughs> I can't fucking not read this shit to people. Like, that's the truth. Like, I even had a tendency, like, watching it. To be like, oh, well, I, that would be hard for me, too. I don't yeah. like the camera. I don't. Yeah. But then I'm like, that doesn't mean I would murder someone. To fucking murder. And, like, not to excuse any, like, level of crime or violence or anything, but to murder his whole fucking family. Like, his children? Family, his children. Yeah. Like, you're yeah. just evil to the bone. I, like, read this shit, and I was like, that's fucking powerful. Like, that's so true. And then I like the comment at the end where she's like, Women are not responsible for murderous men. They're not. Ever. It, it doesn't matter how controlling. It doesn't matter how But it goes the other way, too. But, like... Yeah, it you does. Can't, you can't blame anyone's, like, the way you react to something is your fault. Yeah. And it's, like... It's kind of like when you think of, like, Ed Kemper, like, mm-hmm. the serial killer, how they... People really dig into, like, his mom and how his mom was crazy or whatever. And it's, like... Okay, great, but... That very well may be, but he's a goddamn adult yeah. who willingly fucking murdered women on a regular yeah. basis. Like, literally, like, on a schedule. Like, yeah. and it's just... That's all on you, dude. And if you read, like, some of, like, the social media content on, like, Chris Watts, like, there are people that defend him. There it's are... like when people are like, oh, but Ted Bundy. And you're like, he's what so are you hot. fucking talking and about? Like, the Whoa. women who write Chris, Chris Watts in prison... What? Oh, yeah. oh, like, mm-hmm. send them letters? Oh, my God. He, like, I read something somewhere. Yeah. I might be making this up, but I swear to God I read something about how he has, like, a girlfriend, and it's one of the women that wrote him in prison. Like, you got yourself a winner, honey. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. I started to read, too, like, into, like, the psychology behind that of, like, women, and it's not just women. It's probably both genders, obviously, mm-hmm. that, like, have abusive role models in their life that are comfortable in abusive situations almost in a way and it was kind of like it was an article about why people write why women write chris watts in prison like why do they do that why would you and it's this like idea of like he comes off as this like controlling in his own way controlling the situation and like that there are women that are attracted to that He's like, he murdered. It's just crazy. Yeah. It's like that viral post that went, obviously viral. <laughs> that went viral. The yeah, viral the post viral that went viral. Post. Yeah, that one. About the the hot jail guy, like the one that was in jail. And was like, oh my god, the, oh, the, yeah. and I, like, the pretty green the, eyes or whatever. Is it yeah. the NBA? Or the... Oh, because there was that whole... It was just a hot, hot like... Just, and it went viral on Facebook and people like set up a GoFundMe to get him out because he's hot. That's, That's like... What is where are your morals? Like, yeah, I don't get it. Yeah, I don't get it. And it's crazy because, like, in my like looking at, because obviously when I read her post, I I'm assuming it's a her, but I kept like scrolling through some of the like comments, and a lot of people draw comparisons to the Chris Watt case 
to Lacey Peterson and to Susan Powell yep. because they're all husbands who take, seemingly are wonderful people. Yeah, they come off as like such supportive. Well, honestly, well, Susan Powell's husband was a fucking oh, true, true, true. idiot. But, but like within their religion, they're like yeah. you know they have like this like yeah this like facade they're yeah. going on and like so I started digging the Lacey Peterson case and I almost felt like. I don't know why, like, if I'm just, like, I think I know things that I don't, but I felt like I knew the Chris Watts case, and I, like, sort of knew the timeline, but I felt like I knew the timeline of the Lacey Peterson case as well, and I started, like, reading this article that, like, went beginning to end, and I was like, wait, what the fuck? I didn't know any of this. It was all new. Yeah, it was all new. Like, do you know know anything about Lacey Peterson? I, like, I know that probably what you thought you knew, Yeah, and that's it. And I started reading it, and I was like, wait, I didn't know any of this, and I... Like, the only thing I knew about the case, which I think is really interesting, is, so the author of the movie slash now book, Gone Girl. Oh, yeah. That's... It's based on... I've still never seen it, but it's It's not based on the Lacey Peterson case, but, like, she took elements of her own life. It was inspired by? Yes. It Mm -hmm. was inspired by the Lacey Peterson case, and, like, now I think I'm going to do, like, an actual episode on it. You should. Because I didn't even know any of this, and now, like, having watched Gone Girl... I'm like, wait, what the fuck? I'm so Do you think if we did one really big, like, combined effort Chris Watts case, we could finally shut up about it? Yeah, like, maybe <laughs> maybe we should do an episode where, like, you do Chris Watts, I do Lacey Peterson. We get it all out. We it's get a five-hour episode. <laughs> yeah. We, like, get any thought we have about the cases out. Yeah. And then we never talk about them on our podcast ever again. Ever again. We maybe we should like, do done. That. Just so we can, like, vent. Like, I feel yeah. like I need to, like, it's one, it's... Those cases, like Susan Powell, Chris Watts, Lacey Peterson, and there are others like John Benet Ramsey, like Israel Keys. Israel Keys. Those are some of our top ones. There are so many cases that I feel like I just can't fucking stop talking about. Like, yeah. I can't stop. And anyone's like, wait, I haven't heard of them. I'm like, oh, let me tell you. Let me that I get cozy. You know, like, okay, come here, come here, come here. Yeah, you're like, listen, listen this is going to be fucking this is gonna shit. Be a minute. <laughs> it's like one of those cases that, like, you feel like you don't need to research. Yeah. Because you, like, feel like you I know. just want to tell it yeah. the way I remember it. That's, like, one of my favorite things about learning. Like, do you have any cases? I vividly remember the Chris Watts case when it started. Like, I remember the yeah. news. And there's something, like, so, like, intimate's a weird word, but in a way. You feel involved in the part yeah, of. To watch it from beginning. Like, mm-hmm. watching it break the news and then. I remember watching Chris Watts on the fucking news and it being, like, deciphered by, like, Nancy Grace and people and being, like, we're not sure about how he's acting, it's suspicious, but not having him arrested yet and not having that definitive, like, he did it. Yeah. But what if something else happened? And then watching it all, like, come to fruition and... Oh, I love that word. Thank you. Mm -hmm. I'm, like, trying to, like... (laughs) <laughs> like literally expand your vocabulary no seriously like, I'm that. like when I read books on like my iPad and stuff I like highlight words so that I can like try to like learn cause I'm like I feel dense. no that's smart I feel fucking dense sometimes same <laughs> I'm like this is this is as high as this brain power is gonna get yeah, I'm like, not in school anymore like woo how do I we're not it? working with a lot we're not working with a lot here at all <laughs> anyways <laughs> what, were, what were we talking about okay so the funny thing about this is like the case I want to talk about, I think, now granted I wasn't alive during this time, so it's hard for me to say, mm-hmm. but elements of the case I'm about to talk about were as big as Chris Watts' case is Ooh. now. Like, 
It was national news. It was like everybody fucking knows. Anyone who grew up in the 70s slash 80s, 90s has has heard of it. Memories of this case in some regard. And it's like, I'm trying. Lots of people that are listening to this podcast might know this story, but I'm going to do my best to tell it in like a unique way because I didn't want to tell it in the classic timeline. So just like take that. And I'm gonna tell That's you, my go-to, though. I'm going to tell you shit, and I'll be like, we're going to have to sticky note that. Okay, it's so okay. important. We'll see if my, my notes are sticky. We'll I'm, like, I'm, like, weirdly, like, I'm, like, excited. Almost. Okay, well, that's how it should be. This is our hobby. Yeah, true. But uh, most of the time, I, you most enjoy the time it. I want to throw up. Why? Because <laughs> I'm nervous. Oh, uh, fair. Okay, so. So, 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 so. We're going to go to the 1990s. Got it. Okay. February of 1999, I was three years old. I was a... S- one. You were one? Wait. I, I was about to be two. You were... Okay, so you were one. I was one, yes. Okay. I'm, I'm like, just making sure I'm not dumb. If you're... If that was incorrect, I'm gonna really judge you. I might edit it out, like, honestly. <laughs> Please do it anyways. Okay, so it's February. It's, like, kind of winter, 1999. Carol sunned her teenage daughter, Julie, and Julie's friend, who is a foreign exchange student... Selena Peloso decides to take a trip to Yosemite National Park. And have you ever listened to podcasts that, like, their episodes are based on, like, murders in national parks? Or have you heard of, like... I am following one. Can't remember what it's called. Okay. But I'm following one. This is a prime example right here. Okay. This is Yosemite National Park. They are staying in Cedar Lodge. And this is... Cedar Lodge is the thing we're going to make a sticky note on. Because Cedar Lodge is incredibly important. So it's like later in the evening of one of the nights they're staying there. It might be like, it might be dark at this point, but I'm not sure. Like, I can't figure out exactly yeah. the time. Somebody knocks on their lodge room door. It's the local handyman for the lodge. And he mentions that there's a leak in the room above theirs and that he wants to come in and like check it out and try to like locate yeah. the leak. So they let him into the room. And once he gains access, he strangles the bomb to death. Oh. And I remember, so. I'm going to be doing this part off memory. I remember hearing about this case, and I want to say that, like, when he got access to the room, he tells the two girls to go into the bathroom. He, like, orders them into the bathroom, and oh. they go because they're teenagers and they're scared. And I would, too. And so they do it. And so they hide in the bathroom, and while this is happening, he, like, murders the mom. And so once she's dead, he, like, closes the front door, locks the door, and then he, like, calls the girls out, and he rapes them, and he kills them, too. So it's, like, fucking triple homicide. He sexually assaults the two girls, and he murders them. So, obviously, like, pretty quickly after they were supposed to return home, it's obvious that they're not coming home, and, like, the alarms are sounded, and people begin looking for them. So about a month goes by after they're reported missing and their bodies are discovered and i kind of struggled to find the exact information it sounds like the vehicle their rental vehicle was set on fire with their bodies in it is my understanding of the case so the police and fbi kind of struggle to pin down suspects i mean this is the late 1990s it's Mm -hmm. kind of hard there's not a lot of dna there's fingerprinting but your fingerprints have to be in the system in order for fingerprints to like do anything. Yeah. So, you know, given the location, it's desolate. It's Yosemite National Park. It's not like a lot of people live there. Right. They're struggling to find people. So they do home in on two brothers who have criminal records. 
the police accuse him of the crimes based on that record, and I can't really find a lot of information on what else led them. Is that fair? I don't really know. Like, I'd like to assume that it was based on some real information, like maybe like their proximity like to their location, and then also their criminal records, mm-hmm. a history of violence maybe. So these two brothers end up being arrested for the crimes. So now fast forward, it's the summer of 1999, same year. Okay. So probably four or five months later. And Joey Armstrong goes missing. So she's an employee of the Yosemite Institute, which is like a, it's a school, like it's an academy Mm -hmm. per se. And like my understanding of it is that she is like a field officer like she's a naturalist so she's like a scientist Mm -hmm. and i read an article somewhere that said like she would do she would like take kids to the national park and do like field trips and then she did all kinds of other stuff too like studies and stuff like that so because she like did so much in yosemite national park and she worked for the yosemite institute she lived in the national park and there's like a campus of sorts which is basically like a conglomerate of like 30 cabins and, like, people live in all the cabins, but it's the summer, and a lot of people have gone home. Right. So it's not, like, this huge population. A lot of people are gone. So she lives in her cabin as a staff member with her boyfriend, and so she ends up going missing. And pretty quickly after she goes missing, like, her cabin and the surrounding woods are taped off, and people begin looking for her, and the police and the FBI are brought in, and... Right after they take the area off, they start looking, and they realize there's, like, signs of a struggle. There's footprints, broken branches, and they follow this, this, these, like, signs, and they go to an arrow ditch, and they find her body, mm-hmm. and she's been decapitated. Oh. Yeah. So now this is, like, technically four murders in, yeah. a, like, a six-month time span, but it's weird because, like, they've already arrested two people for them. So, but now another murder. Who's happens. doing it? Yeah. Now. So now the FBI are like they're kind of thrown off their original trail. If the two brothers had already been arrested, like who killed this victim? Or is it another person? Exactly. But probably not. Yeah. So it's like weird because it's like, is this related? Is it not related? It feels like not a coincidence. It's all in the same national park, but the deaths are relatively different because Carol's son was yeah. strangled. You know what I mean? So it's like it's a bit different. So, it's going to feel kind of weird, but we're going to jump way back in time now. Like, we're going to go back to 1972. Oh. So, I'm going to give you, like, some background on 1972. So, Atari has just released their game, Pong. Oh. (laughs) President Nixon just got reelected. NASA announces their space shuttle program. And the last troops from Vietnam are returning back home. So, like, this is life right now, right? Like, we're thinking, like, bell-bottom jeans. Like, this is the world we're living in here. So, it's December 4th, 1972. We've got Stephen Stainer and his older brother, Carrie. They're two young brothers that grew up in, like, a normal family, and they grew up in the town of Merce. I want to say it's Merced? Mercer? Mm-hmm. Something like that. I All should know, but I don't. So, basically, it's this town that's on, a ma- like, a semi-major highway leading into Yosemite National Park, and it's considered, like, the gateway to Yosemite National Park. Mm-hmm. It's, like one of the most populated suburbs before you start driving into the park itself. So lots of people live there, and this is where Stephen Stainer and his brother Carrie, and they've got siblings and their whole family grow up. 
So Stephen, who was seven at the time, he's walking home from school when a man by the name of Kenneth Parnell pulls up near him. Kenneth manages to lure Stephen into his vehicle and kidnaps him. Mm. So after Stephen fails to return home from school, his parents obviously notify the police and everybody that they can to try to find him. Stephen's brother, Carrie, is his older brother, and he was extremely protective of Stephen. And he's like, his friends and the family remember him being like super distressed over the mm. entire incident. Like, he felt well, yeah, guilty. Like, like, he should have been watching him or doing, yeah, should have done something. Or... Exactly. So, Kenneth Parnell, the one who abducted him, he acts as Stephen's new father. Mm-hmm. While Simon always weirds like, me out. It's disgusting. And like, Kenneth Parnell. Basically, is like, I read an article that said, like, he acts as his father by day and his rapist by night. Oh. Yeah. So, this is, like, Stephen's new life. So, Kenneth has to enroll him in school because, like, if you have... You have to. Yeah. If you have kids, then they'll be on to you that mm-hmm. you haven't been, like, enrolling your kids and, like, why don't they go to school? Why don't we see them there? So, he renames his son, mm-hmm. Dennis Parnell... And he tries to raise him, like, as a kid. Like, the entire thing is, like, fucking disgusting. Yeah, that's, like, just disturbing is all it is. It's, like... I don't even know, like... And so, it and honestly, it's crazier. Like, Mm -hmm. you wouldn't think it would. But there's an article from the Los Angeles Times where Cynthia, which is the sister of the two boys, says, like, that they sent out flyers and that the family would go on, like, these distant road trips to try to talk to people who had any information on where Stephen went. And it, she even goes as far as to say, my dad was on a mission trying to find his son. And then she says, like, the family tried to avoid watching the news because any mention of Stephen would make the family cry. Yeah. And she goes, like, the children in the family had to keep their feelings to themselves and didn't discuss their emotions. We were kind of on our own. We tried to keep quiet and not upset our parents. So soft. Like, so sad. Like, so hard. It is. Like, what do you... like? There's not a fucking book that tells you how to deal with something like that. No. So, like, the family was doing the best that they could, and the kids were kind of, like, feeling, like, the brunt of it, Mm -hmm. of, like, there's nobody there to talk to them about, like, what happened. There's no one there to walk them through, like, how to grieve. Like, they don't even know if they're supposed to be grieving. Because, like, what if he's okay? Yeah. And I'm sure the family is trying to, like, keep up the attitude of, like, he's alive, he's alive, Mm -hmm. like, we're going to find him. But then, in reality, like, most of us know that when something like this happens, like, there's just a good possibility they're dead. Yeah. So, this is going on, like, 300 miles away. Steven, you would think, would be, like, this solemn, like, sad, depressed fucking yeah. kid being abused. But actually, he, like, maintains everything about himself. And he actually tries to make the best of the situation. So, Kenneth enrolls him in school, and he ends up going on into, like, early high school and, like, dates a young girl and, like, he plays just sports. He goes with it. Like, yeah. not, like, goes with it. Like, he had a choice, but, like... Yeah, he's, like, this is, like, what I have to deal with. This is my life now, and I'm still gonna be, like, as much as I can be. Right. Which, fair. Yeah. So, Lori Duke is the girl he ends up dating early in high school, and he says he was spunky. You could see that he wanted to play, and he wanted to be with kids, and he wanted to be normal. So, 300 miles away, Stephen, who is now being called Dennis, his brother Carrie is spiraling into mental illness and depression. So, the entire family was obviously plagued by sadness and grief over losing Stephen, whom I'm sure, like, they might even be presuming to be dead at this point. Yeah. So, 
it's really fucked up. Like, you have to think, like, this is, like, the 70s, and I'm sure this shit happens now, too, but, like, Carrie's almost, like, bullied in a way because of, like, the mul- like the media attention. Yeah. And he's, like, he's kind of considered, like, the weird kid whose brother was kidnapped. And like, that's, that's, like, not fun thing to have to carry around, I mean, period, but, like, yeah. in school and, like, mm-hmm. everyone knowing and, like, feeling bad or, like, like imagine, bringing it up in class or something. Imagine that shit happening, like, even when we were in school. Like, it's just, like, that attitude you have of, like, that's that fucking weird kid. Yeah. Like, that's the way school works. That's the way kids work. Mm-hmm. Whether they mean to, whether it's mean, or whether it's, like, natural, it's, like, this feeling of, like, that's the fucking kid whose brother got abducted. Like, yeah. So, Carrie kind of, like, bore into that, like, stereotype almost of, like, being the weird kid. So, he always wore, like, a hat during his adolescence. That's what, like, friends and family would say about him. Come to find out, it's because he was compulsively pulling his hair out. Oh. So he was, like, trying to hide it. Because he was, like, so upset still. Upset and anxious. Like, I even read, like, obviously, like, when we do these podcasts, like, we're reading a lot of articles to try to get our information. And I try really hard not to, like, pull, like, like full information. Mm -hmm. Like, I want to find, like, lots of articles and, like, gather all these different opinions. But I read an article that said, like, there were kids who were interviewed on this whole topic that remember Carrie... Like, stories in school, like, whether they think this was real or not, they had stories of Carrie wishing on a star, wishing his brother would come home. Oh, you're just, like, trying to break my heart. No, seriously, it's, like, this fucking sad-ass story. So, it's very clear that there's, like, a distinct difference between how these brothers coped with the incident. Like, one of them is being, like, traumatized daily, and he's, like, in a really fucking weird way, like flourishing in his life yeah despite the circumstances and despite his constant sexual abuse he's like developing into like a young man like Mm -hmm. regardless and you have his brother who's like maybe not being subjected to that level of trauma but he's being traumatized in his own way Mm -hmm. who's like spiraling further and further into depression it's so sad it's fucking insane it's like you almost wonder if he knew that his brother was like living the life that he did yeah would he be as sad or would he still be like this like solemn you know like yeah like grieving young man because he probably assumes he's not alive exactly so as steven grows older like he's about 14 years old and it kind of seems like based on my research like kenneth and steven are both coming to the conclusion that steven's not a manipulatable young child anymore he's a adolescent developing young man in high school well not an adult but he's getting there but with a girlfriend like he's not like kenneth parnell can like fuck right off you know he's a football player like he doesn't give a fuck and so it's starting to dawn on kenneth that like if he wants to continue this disgusting pedophile lifestyle he needs another kid kid oof so, that being said, like, Kenneth Parnell starts looking for another young boy, presumably to start the same timeline over, like, from the beginning. Like, he oh. wants to do it again. So, he wants a new seven-year-old boy, basically, is how this kind of happens. That's so not good. It's disgusting. Like, you would think, like, I don't even know, like, not to, like, make any of it sound better, but you would think, like, if you've done it once, you'd be fucking done with it. Yeah. But I mean, realize, I don't know, but... I wouldn't do it once, so I don't know. Yeah. It's hard to put yourself in that 
position because mm-hmm. it's disgusting. Yeah, and I don't want everything that bad for you. So it's like, it's March 1st, 1990, and, well, actually, no, so sorry. Go back. So it's February 1980. Kenneth makes his wishes a reality, and he abducts a five-year-old, Timothy White, and just like Stephen, Timothy had been walking home from school when he abducts him. So it's, he's got another young boy. Now he has 14-year-old Stephen and 5-year-old Timothy living and in his house. How's he going to explain that? Has he explained to him, like, how he... I think, like, it's the 70s. Like, yeah. it's not like there's, like, documentation. Like, there's birth certificates and shit, but, like, you no, can No, I know, but how it. does he, like... How does he convince him not to say anything or to, like... You I, know, I mean, well, yeah, fear, but... It's yeah. just, like, how do you... I think he's, like... I don't know. I just don't get how that works. <laughs> I think that that's fear-based, and it's also, like, abducting such young kids, like, mm-hmm. five years old. Like, he basically puts them in a new place and says, like, this is your fucking life. True. This is it. And they just, like, grow up They're just into so small it. that they don't... They don't even know to question it. Yeah. So, Stephen watches in horror as Timothy is likely abused, and Timothy begins suffering, like, mentally almost worse than Stephen did. He, like, begins, like... Stephen watches him suffer from, like, losing his family and his friends. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure Stephen did the same thing, but it was alone. Yeah. And so he had to, like, he only had himself to push himself through it. Whereas now, like, Stephen's watching Timothy fucking suffer. Do the same things he went through. Yeah. And so he decides, like, he can't sit back. Like, he cannot sit back and watch it happen to him. Like, he's not going to let this kid have the same life he did. So on March 1st, 1980... Stephen and Timothy escape the Parnell residence. Stephen contacts the local police and explains his story. He was even able to remember his original name, and he tells the police, I know my first name is Stephen. Jeez, that's like... And it's like... That's impressive that you can hold on to that for so because long. Because you think it would get, like, abused out of you. Yeah. Like, you're being called this. Even your girlfriend is probably calling you Dennis. Dennis, yeah, because that's all she knows. For all she knows, that's real. Why would name. you question that? And so it's actually really fucking crazy because obviously given the magnitude of the situation, a movie gets made about this exact incident and the title of the NBC film is I Know My Name is Steven. So he returns to his family and he becomes an absolute fucking hero. Like he's on television, a movie's created about his life, I Know My Name is Steven. Yeah. And he did interviews all over the place. So like unfortunately... The return home is not this, like, easy road. Of, no, like, it's, like, who walking are you? back into your life. You know? He went to high school, like, in a whole other place. Like, he had friends yeah. in a really fucked up way. Like, he had a life, you know? And he's kind of ripped from it. Which and is, now it's all these people who are supposed to be his family, but doesn't really know them. Yeah, and so he even says, like, I read an article that said his parents, he felt, like, looked the same. But it's because they're older, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, of course they're going to look similar. But he said he couldn't recognize any of his siblings, not even Gary, his mm. brother. Who, like, and that wanted. sucks so bad because he was so attached. And... Yeah. So Gary, you think, would be thrilled to have his brother back, was also suffering and struggling with the unusual situation. Here, you have his brother being returned to him, but this nearly adult man is not the kid that he remembered him to be. Yeah. Like, this isn't, I wished on a star for my brother to come back, but you're not my fucking brother. Like, this isn't. Who left me. Okay, I can see how this is a movie. <laughs> yeah. So, 
everything had changed. Everything he had wished for his entire childhood was being given to him, but it was wrong. Like, this mm. isn't what he wanted. And now you've got a brother, and now Carrie's older than him. So Carrie's like a young man who's watching his brother get all his attention, and it's not the brother that he remembers him to be. Mm, that has to be so, like, you can't even imagine the feelings he has. And the feelings of the whole family. Like, the yeah. sisters, the brother, like, Carrie, Stephen, the mom yeah. and dad. Like, you want to hug him, but how do you hug him? That's not your son anymore. Like, it like is. Like, it is. But it's not. Yeah, you didn't, you don't know anything about this yeah. kid anymore. He's advanced, like, I want to say eight or nine years. And this is not the fucking, that's just like seven-year-old wacky. kid. Yeah, it's like. People talk a lot of shit on the family and the whole situation, but, like, there's not a book on this. There's not a book that tells you how to cope with it. So, I try my hardest to, like, not judge it, you know? So, Kenneth Parnell, obviously, Stephen and Timothy escaped, and he ends up being convicted, but the judicial system doesn't always work for victims, and it Mm -hmm. doesn't always make sense. And Kenneth Parnell ends up serving five years of a seven-year sentence. Five years and that's it? So his seven-year sentence that he was even given is less than Stephen was even imprisoned by him. Yeah. And he serves five years of it, which is nearly half. How? It's because it wasn't murder. It wasn't... He ended up... Because even the sexual assault, what's the evidence there? It's Stephen's word. Like, and so... The only charges that a prosecutor was able to bring up was kidnapping, and that's what he ended up getting charged with. So, okay, I'm sorry, but why is that the length of yeah prison for, for kidnapping? kidnapping. Mm-hmm. It should be the same as murder. Yeah, you would think, if not like, I don't know, like not worse, but it's almost like extensive torture. Like yeah, torture over a period of years. I can't. Yeah, and it. Honestly, like, it doesn't get any better. Okay, cool. So, tragically, Stephen Stainer, he goes on to get married and have two kids, and and his life is has some semblance of normalcy, but he ends up being killed in 1989 oh. during a motorcycle accident. He was only 24 years old. And this whole family's life doesn't get better. Like, no, how could it? You get him back, and then you get him ripped away again. And it continues to get worse. So, yeah. shortly thereafter, the boy's uncle, whom Carrie and Stephen had been very close with, was shot and killed oh. in the home that Carrie and the uncle shared together. Carrie now oh. being a young adult. And now he's living with his uncle, and his uncle is fucking murdered. This poor Carrie has had the hardest, like, arguably. Yeah. Maybe not. I don't know. You can't compare. You can't compare, but, but it's like, it's fucked up. Like, there's no other way to put it. after thing. Yeah. So, through all the grief, the tragedy, and the trauma, Carrie Stainer became lost. Like, how do you not? So, he was troubled by his own internal demons, and he struggled with a violent and painful mental illness that probably would have existed even if Stephen hadn't been abducted, but then was drawn out and multiplied by the trauma. So his entire adolescence and his childhood pushed him further and further into mental illness. So he begins talking about killing himself, and friends push him to see a doctor, but instead, Carrie kind of takes matters into his own hands. He ditches his life in Mercer, California, and he heads out his own to be, like, kind of a vagabond, which is, like, somebody who wants to just, doesn't want a place to live. They just want to go. They just want to go, and they just want to do things. So 
given that Mercer is like the gateway to Yosemite, mm-hmm. Carrie goes to Yosemite National Park all the time, and he would hide out in Yosemite <sighs> National Park. It. So it's 1997. Yeah, Carrie's brother Stephen has died about eight years before this. Carrie gets a job as a handyman at none other than Cedar Lodge. So instead, now I don't feel bad. It's hard. No, I don't feel bad. But the whole thing is just like, what the fuck, right? So instead of getting mental health treatment, Carrie treats his illness in his own way by hiding out in Yosemite National Park. He works at Cedar Lodge as a handyman for about two years when he sees Carol's son, her teenage daughter Julie, and Sylvina Peloso. That night, he brutally assaults the two girls and he murders all three of them. Carrie proceeds to assist local authorities and the FBI in their investigation by letting them into various rooms, helping them gather evidence, and even telling them... Because he's putting himself in the investigation like they always do. Even telling them what he, quote, knew, unquote. Mm. So, some four to five months later, it's now July 21st, 1999, and Carol Stainer sees Joey Armstrong, the 26-year-old naturalist, and in his own taped confession says, I realized I was ready to do it again. So police end up getting a tip about a car matching Stainer's that had been seen outside Joey's cabin that day, which is what prompts the FBI to investigate Stainer in the Joey Armstrong case. But if you go back to what we talked about earlier, the police had already wrongfully arrested two individuals yeah. in the Carol Stunder or Sunder case. And so they were already in jail. They weren't even on his trail for this. They only got the tip about him for the Joey Armstrong case. So Carrie Stainer ends up coming clean in his interviews with police about all four murders. In his discussions and interviews, Carrie tells investigators he wants a movie about his life too. He wants the same treatment that his brother Stephen got. Oh, okay. Ew. You little... Oh, that's just like... It's I don't even disgusting. know what to say. I'm like, gusting. You don't have the right and to the say, like, you know, oh, the attention that my kidnapped, traumatized, abused brother mm-hmm. has. Like, who's now fucking dead? Yeah. Mm. So, Carrie Strainer was sentenced, like, sentenced to death. It's hard because friends. it's like, oh, like, you want to feel bad about that life. Like, he keeps getting, like, you heard me, like, oh, poor guy. He's like, must be just so damaged. But Isn't like, it a fucking Yeah, he's fucking damaged, but he didn't do his job as an adult to take care of himself and his brain. At all. And he like, didn't, that's your responsibility. Your responsibility as a fucking human being on this planet. Get help. You don't have a lot, but one of your responsibilities is to not fucking murder and rape people. Like, yeah. We're not asking a lot of you. <laughs> Literally. Like, our listeners, like, we're not asking a lot. Like, like, I can get past all kinds of shit. Like, petty theft? Sure. I mean, like, I'm not condoning it, but like. I'm not going to think you're a terrible Maybe person. Maybe there's some, like, reason. This, that, that. But murder and kidnap and rape, it's like, you're done. Sorry. And you're the done. most disgusting part is, like, when Joey Armstrong's body was found, she was complete. Like, she was decapitated. Yeah. She was fucking decapitated. Like, this is, like, a brutal fucking It's not murder. like he lashed out out of, Yeah, like, 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 heat of passion. Like, somebody brought up something that upset him and he just couldn't hold it in any longer. It was, like... No, I'm ready to do this again. Yeah. Yeah. And even in his own tape confession to say, like, I saw her and I knew I was ready to do it again. It's like a sick fucking twisted individual, which on some level, when you look at the psychology behind it, 
in a way, it's not surprising. Mm-hmm. It's not like we're we're surprised that it escalated to this point, but it doesn't make it any less fucking disgusting. Yours is kind of like a a good segue into mine, is it? But like, just because we're talking about like the fact that people can so easily just like yeah do that and it like is. the psychology behind it, but mine is more of like a how did they have that mindset? There's no backstory to why they thought like which that, is right? almost worse. In yeah, because it's like. So, What's wrong with you? We'll, like, let everybody know because the crazy thing is Carrie Stainer is still alive. So oh. he was sentenced to death for his crimes in 2002. At this point, um, he's probably about 58 years old and he's sitting on death row. So I wanted to give some interesting notes here that I found after I wrote the article that I wrote. So there's a Reddit user, uh, BBQ Chick Cookie. Ooh, that my said, favorite. Carrie's original... No, I haven't validated this at all. Okay. I thought it was interesting, but if, so I'm going to say... if it is, then cool. Yeah. Carrie's original intended victims were his own girlfriend and her kids. Oh. A neighbor allegedly interrupted him on the day he planned to do it, and they say that he admitted this in his taped confession to the police. So, like, if oh. I listened to them, I could probably validate it. But, yeah. So that's apparently where he Something originally happened. intended... That kind of changes it, but it doesn't make it any better or worse or anything. It's just Mm -hmm. changes. So, now let's go back to Kenneth Parnell, who abducted Stephen. In 2004, Kenneth Parnell, now 72 years old, was convicted of trying the previous year, so 2003, to persuade his nurse to procure him a young boy for $500. I'm sorry. Did you not learn shit? The nurse, aware of Parnell's past, reported this to local police. Go nurse. I think he was tried and arrested again on that, and he ended up dying shortly thereafter. That but time. it's it goes to show like that shit doesn't change. Like that's seventy two years stay old. In prison. Seventy, and I'm sorry. Like this is really like to say this on a live podcast. This may be fucked up, but like. What kind of fucking erection are you getting at 72 years old? To want a fucking... To want a fucking... <laughs> another, me off. To pay money for a fucking boy? Like, just watch Deal or No Deal and go to bed, Grandpa. <laughs> go to sleep. <laughs> like, I'm sorry, like, when that I was, read that... I hope we don't have... Okay, that was... That's, in, that's real, though. Like, for real. You're 72 fucking years old. Like, and you have the energy to give a shit that much about something so disgusting. Yeah. Maybe we have Maybe some more old, being like, older listeners, and I'm so sorry I'm really that was sorry offensive. that's offensive, but that's fucking like, <laughs> you're gonna... And not every old person is tired all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I don't fucking know. But I hope every old person isn't wanting to fucking rape and molest fucking children. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? Back to it's the least that we can ask. And that's all we're I'm asking. I feel like we're not asking a lot here on our podcast, but like, please don't murder or rape anybody. Kidnap. Don't murder, kidnap, abuse, rape, abuse, torment. Just, um, just be fucking Wake nice. up, go to work, eat your dinner, go to bed like the rest of us and hate your life, but yeah. keep it inside. <laughs> yeah. Keep your fucking trauma inside like we do. Yeah. I don't know, man. That story like fucks me up. Yeah, I don't like that. No, that was good though. Isn't that? Crazy? I really liked it. I heard your stomach just growl. I'm sorry, I had to point it out in case anyone. Heard. I want to watch like I want to watch the movie. We should watch it. Okay, let's do it. What's it called? Oh yeah, you already told me. 
I told you twice. Never mind. It cut that part. What's it called? I don't know. <laughs> My name is actually Steven. <laughs> <laughs> Hi. Hi, I'm Steven. <laughs> okay, go to the bathroom. Okay. I'm going to fade out the audio during <laughs> all of that. It's for the best. <laughs> okay, that was pretty much the longest, literally the longest bathroom <laughs> break on the face of the planet. It was good, though. It was good. I it thoroughly was, enjoyed it. It was refreshing. We come back. Centered. Centered and at peace, ready to talk about more true crime, which is Always really ready. Because, and I know we've talked about this before, but like, it's so awkward talking about true crime in real life with people who oh don't care. Oh my god, yeah. Literally. <laughs> so I was researching my next case, which is the one I'm doing next week, mm-hmm. and I literally, I was so excited about it, and I can't yes. tell you because it has to be genuine when I yeah. actually tell you because that's like what we do. Otherwise, it's like, I feel like... like I never, I don't want it to ever be like scripted, you know. Yeah. And so I want it to be like fresh, like I'm buckled up, I'm ready to learn, and I'm gonna release it. But sometimes I have to release it a bit early yeah, like because up it just inside of you sits in my brain, and I'm like, someone walks by and, and they're like, "By the way, this person got murdered," and I'm like, "What?" I was literally at work the other day. I don't, not yesterday. It was the other day, and. Somebody mentioned the idea of DNA, and I was like, that's so funny because in my podcast, <laughs> DNA, and then I, they did not ask, not even a little bit. They do not care. They were like, it. yeah. It's somebody that I've had the, the like, you know, the tiptoeing conversation around, uh-huh. like, so, like, you know, like, I like true crime. What about you? And yeah, they're like, like, true crime cases? Yeah, and I've asked this person. I was like, it was my coworker. I was like, so what's your, like, favorite, like, murder? And they're like, the hell are you talking about? My like favorite murder. murder. I'm a psychopath. I any of those. I know. And then, so this person, I was talking to them, and I was literally like, oh, it's funny you talk about DNA because I I, I, I found this case, <laughs> and then, <laughs> and I literally went, like, person by person, the DNA of each, like, six plus suspect, suspects that they yes. had in this case, and the whole time they were like, uh-huh. uh-huh. Cool. Uh, oh. Yeah, well... Interesting. Mm. Yeah. And then it just kind of... Oh, actually, it didn't start with DNA. One of it started with, so yes. it's even more unrelated <laughs> to what we were talking about. Um, we were talking about how my space heater is broken, because I work at an HVAC company, so mm-hmm. I was like, how how fix? How do I fix it? How, how fix? <laughs> how fix? And he was telling me, like... I was telling him how my child puts shit down the little cracks yes. in the space heater because she's three. Probably, yeah. And she put potato chips down there and he told me that potato chips are often used in arson because they're organic and they just... <gasps> so they're not really traceable. What? Yeah. And I was like, oh my god, he opened the true crime. Like the true okay, crime so window. Interested, so you know this <laughs> fact, which means that I could tell you all my facts. Yeah. Mm. And that's how that... And then it gets increasingly <laughs> more awkward. And then I was just shook that somebody told me about potato chips being used in arson. Can I've you imagine? Heard like, that. I hope I can find the crime on that, and I'm going to Google it. The Lay's murder of 1984. The Lay's murder. <laughs> what if a Lay's potato chip factory like burst into flames? Because it probably is so flammable, then, right? Yeah, I mean, I guess I heard that the potato chips are very flammable, and Whoa. apparently, like. I don't know. I mean, this source is from somebody who doesn't even care about true crime, so who right. knows right. the accuracy here. But he was telling me that they're like organic, so like made of not like yeah. So you you couldn't like run a test. Yeah, to not show like organic, it. like oh, like homegrown, but like yeah. made of carbon, yeah. kind of organic. Interesting. But yeah, long story short, I, I blabbered for way too long, and you can tell because they start just nodding really slow. 
and giving smaller responses, and you're like, I've been okay. Well, cool. Have a good day. Bye. We talked about <laughs> this go home. on our last episode about Dateline and just how crazy. Maybe yeah. it wasn't the last. Maybe it was the one before. Either way, I've been listening to an incredible amount of Dateline to and from work every day for like four weeks. Dateline, nothing but Dateline, and I've I listened to all of 2020. And then I'm trailing <laughs> into 2019 because I used to watch Dateline. Oh, so you're going backwards to catch up. Yes, I'm going backwards to catch up. Yeah. And now I'm like hitting the episodes I already know. Like I'm listening to these episodes. Oh, that's a bummer. And they start out and I'm like, this is going to be interesting. It's like one of them was titled The Mystery Man. And oh, I'm like, and then 10 minutes in you're like, I already know who yeah, that is. Yeah, I'm like, I already fucking know this. And even now <laughs> I've been continuing to listen to some of them because I'm like, I fucking It's a like good know. refresher. I like... I will re-listen to old ones or, like, other people doing the same one because I just want to hear it in every way that somebody can tell it. That's what I really like about... I sometimes feel guilty about doing a podcast in a weird way. Like, not guilty, but almost like, are we not just regurgitating facts? It does come across that way when I'm doing my notes, too. at the same time, like, think, like, there are so many people that maybe are just getting into this or maybe... They are trying to find a good podcast, and maybe they found things they don't like, or maybe they've watched all these documentaries that we bring up. Yeah, and they want... Because if any of you are like me, when I find a case that, like, just gets... Like, I, I get it. Everything. It gets me. Like, is what I said. And the case just, just gets, gets me. It gets me, you know? Like, I have to not just watch the one I watch, but then I immediately go find to YouTube, everything. go to Reddit, and I'm like, I need everyone to tell me yes. how they know it. And even that, too, is, like, we're taking multiple sources, typically, and mm-hmm. we're combining them into one format. So it's one thing, like, in the Madeline McCann episode, I talked a lot about the Netflix documentary, but I found new stuff, too. And so it's, like, trying to take all these different sources and all this recorded detail and try to combine it into a place that hopefully people feel like they've learned something. Not gonna lie, um, <laughs> my case on this this week's episode, it's, it's pretty one-sourced. Mine's so I'm sorry. No, seriously, mine's <laughs> kind of like that too. Uh, but yeah, so like this one is very much based on the YouTube episode from Bailey Sarian. And if you don't watch Bailey Sarian, you're wrong. Does she and do like true crime but video form? Yeah, so it's yeah, it's on YouTube. And oh my god, she does. Tell me this doesn't sound perfect for me because I'm into makeup. She has like murder makeup Monday. That's crazy. So like every That's Monday she does like, like makeup looks while she's doing a murder story. That are, and I it's know, perfect. I would get shout out. so confused. Yeah, you better wait. Wait, what? <laughs> I feel like I couldn't keep track. Props to her. Like, yeah. shout out, for sure. And she tells them in such a good way that, like, sorry if you've already seen that episode because this is that regurgitated. Yeah. But, but it, it has to be I sometimes. loved it so much that I just want to tell everyone that hasn't. And, and maybe you like podcasts better. Yeah. Maybe you don't. You like, like for me, I do not want to watch a YouTube video. Really? I have no desire. I did watch one for my next case. I did branch out and watch a YouTube video. But normally, I don't. Want See, I love that. End of the night. Get home. I'm ready to go to bed. I put on YouTube. I don't put really? on Hulu. Or, I mean, I do put on Hulu yeah. and Netflix. But <laughs> I also do that, too. But, I mean, that's first step. Come home. Hulu and Netflix. Mm-hmm. Second step is, like, my catch up on my YouTube channels, and then I that's go to bed. That's crazy. Maybe I just, like, have never really gotten into it. Because, like, Jason, he's big on YouTube. Like, he wants to do 
okay, tell me if this is a good idea. Maybe people will comment and tell us if this is a good idea too because Jason came to me and was like, I have this idea. Tell me if it's dumb. So he wants to make a YouTube channel. Do it. Right? Right off the bat, do it. Yes. But what his goal is, is to get furniture, like, okay. from the store. It sounds weird, but hear me No, out. I just, just knowing Jason, this doesn't, I would assume cars or, like, right. That's what something I a little bit nerdy. Because I've been telling him to do something like we do, mm-hmm. but, like, his own thing, you know? Right. So he finally came to me, he's like, I have a really good idea, and I want to know if it's a good idea. And I was like, oh, yeah, hell yeah. Like, what is it? So he wants to get furniture, and he wants to put it together. On his YouTube channel. Oh, like like Ikea? Stuff? Kind of. Like Ikea stuff, like Walmart stuff, like whatever shit he can find. And he wants to put it together on his YouTube channel and he wants to like rate it. Like the okay. assembly. That's but, actually a pretty good idea. So he wants to rate the putting it together. He wants to review the furniture itself. Like the whole process. But he wants to be drinking. Oh, I was just going to say, but he should do a drunk. So, and so what he wants to do is he wants to do a Sorry, new drink. Every single time. Oh my god. So it'll be like the drink. That was one of the, the ideas furniture. like spitball when we were doing really? podcasts. So I was like, oh, we should do a yeah. drink that relates to the case that we're doing. But Ooh, then I realized also somebody else I think has a channel like that. That's so and funny. I'm so sorry to them because I, I have listened to a couple of their episodes and I don't remember what they're called. But they were Fair. really good. It was like a um a man and a lady and they were like I think they drink like a beer from that area. Area. That's or cute. something like that. I only listened to a couple so I don't really actually know what I'm talking about. Right. But. So it's it a good idea, cool. you think? Yeah, and I was like, oh, that was I told somebody that, else's idea. <laughs> I told him we could totally do it. It's just like the setting up process. It's like, how do you even start that? Okay, but what would he do with all the furniture once you guys have a full so house he of furniture? Wants, so this is what I said too, because I was like, who's, I'm sorry, we have money for that? <laughs> right. <laughs> and he like, said, other people buy the furniture for themselves. We just offer to put it together for them, which is the oh. worst part. It and is the worst I part. I was like, mind Would he do it at my house for me? Because I don't want to have to move it. I mean... Maybe. I think maybe we're getting too off, like, <laughs> off track. Okay. <laughs> Would he do it at our house? I don't want to have to move it. That's the worst part. No, I don't moving the you. heavy furniture. That is literally... Okay, in my opinion, though, I'm all for moving it if it's fucking put together. No. Really? I would rather have a house full of disassembled shit really? that I can put together there oh instead God. of like moving some heavy clunky ass bullshit from nope. house to house. I would have much rather. Like I want night neat. Wow. I want night. <laughs> I want <laughs> nice neat little boxes that I can put in the areas I want the furniture and then slowly oh, build my house up oh my instead God. of just like shoving it all in and figuring nope. it out from there. I want to shove it. I want to shove it all in. <laughs> shove it to me. I just want to fucking shove it in, set it up, it's done. Should I maybe tell my story now? I guess like, I guess we probably Probably. Could. It's been a Should. little while. So if you're interested. So if you're still <laughs> listening and we haven't lost you in the break and all of the. Congratulations, you win a story told by Gemma. <laughs> Ta-da, it's your prize. You're welcome. Okay, I'm ready, I'm ready. I'm ready. Okay, so my story it's like my pre-Halloween episode. Okay, I because love I that. want like a spooky spook this is a spooky episode, like in itself, kind of. Like, if this were to happen to me, it's like real nightmare shit. True. But I want to find like Halloween thing yeah. for my Halloween episode. Yeah, so everybody get ready because we're gonna do one. On Halloween, I don't know, maybe we'll Halloween-ish. Release, maybe we'll release the 30th. 
So yeah. it's ready to go on the 31st, right? You should. So it'll be like a Friday release, I think. Yeah. And then I want us to try to find, my goal is like either something that happened on Halloween or... Directly to related to. Yep, absolutely. Like somebody who like, I don't even know, like, I don't even know. See, mine's like a pre-Halloween because it's scary movie-ish. Like theatrical. It's very theatrical. Like almost like... Is it like almost like you can't even believe it? Yes, and it's also like, well, okay. Yeah, so it's just a lot. Okay, okay. So this is a case of Cassie Joe's daughter, and I'm sure a lot of people know this case because it's a good one. And this is the case of Cassie who was murdered in her home, well, in her aunt's home while she was house sitting. That's already a nightmare. Like it's literally like like, scary movie. House sitting alone, I don't know what it is. It's about like house sitting. teenager, house sitting, babysitting. Even if I did it right now, like imagine house sitting in my house. Yeah, I'd be kind of spooky. Be and you live in a nice neighborhood too. Spooky. Yeah. Like alone in a place you're not familiar. Yeah. No, fuck that. So Already hard pass for me. A little bit of background on Cassie. She was the typical girl next door. She was cute. She had big pretty eyes. She had like the long brown hair. She was just a cutie. Um, She was born in 1990 and she lived in Pocatello, which I'm sorry, but I cannot and I know we've chit-chatted for way too long, but I cannot bring up Pocatello without (laughs) Without, without the hotel incident. That memory. (laughs) So it was Jenna's birthday. We were we were um, vacationing per se. Uh, I mean it's not that far because we're in Utah. How far? Of a drive. Like, it was like an hour and a half. Hour and yeah, half. we went an hour and a half to go to Pocatello for reasons unknown. You My guys, birthday. It, you that's guys, the reason. Well, yeah, but like, why Pocatello? Oh, nobody told me. Like, they were just, they didn't even oh, tell me what city we were surprise, going to. Surprise. They were just like, get in the car. It's we're your fine. birthday. And then we went to the Moon Rocks. And oh. then we went to Pocatello and stayed in a hotel. And I night. showed up late, so I just showed up for the hotel part, and we drank way too, too much. much. I got my hair lit on fire in my birthday cake. Yeah, we we shoved her face in her birthday cake with the candle still lit because yeah. of alcoholic reasons, and she lit on fire briefly. We did very briefly, very but it was briefly. still scary. <laughs> I did catch it on camera. Might post it. We'll Please see. Please no. <laughs> it would be funny if I did, though. So, yeah. Pocatello. And then, and then you can't leave out when... Um, <laughs> Everything was closed down because we were in a hotel room where, like, all the <gasps> rooms were facing an indoor pool. Yep, so they all <laughs> led to the pool. And like, then literally, like, doors. You. you open every single hotel room door and it's the pool in there. And then we dared Jenna to run and jump into the pool, even though it was closed. And, and I said, okay, bet. And I was really, like, so too far drunk. And, and she I did. said, okay, bet. And then I stripped down into my underwear. Jumped in the pool and the security threatened to call the police on me. It was rude. It was. Yeah. But anyway, so, so this nice, lovely little town where nothing ever happens. None of that happens ever. to these people. Because they're normal. They're normal people. They're they're sane. Yeah. She was. She was Absolutely. cute. She was smart. She was, was intelligent. She a no, but she was like a artsy fartsy cutie. Oh. Like and she had a boyfriend and his name was Matt. Mm-hmm. And they loved each other for Five whole months that right. high school kids do. Classic. And they had two friends, and their names were Brian and Tori. And it seems kind of like Brian and Tori were like main friends, and they were also friends with Matt, mm-hmm. who so then in turn were friends, was with, friends with Cassie. Right. So it's kind of like a group. 
but yeah, a so it's bit a of group. a like you can tell there's who has priority over. No, that's a weird way to put it. Not but you know what I mean. But like, like the connections are stronger between certain people. Yes, precisely. Yeah. And um, so basically, she was like, "Who has priority?" <laughs> My priority friend is you, Celia. <laughs> I love that. I just like that's just how it goes, you know? Right. Um, so she was super smart. She was like hella responsible. That's good. And she was trying to save up for a new car. Well, not a new car. She was sixteen, so. Her first car. That's exciting. And she was, like, wanting to go to law school, so she was, like, she had aspirations these, yeah, and dreams. Yeah, all that she's looking forward to. And so this day, her aunt um, had asked her to house it because she knew she needed the money. She knew she was responsible. She was, like, she can do it. I really fully trust her. Yes. And Cassie asks, okay, great, but can I have Matt come over just for a little bit and watch some movies? And they were like, yeah, we trust you. That's fine. Mm-hmm. And Matt, unknowingly to her, had invited Brian and Tori over. As well. Yes. And Cassie was, like, kind of uncomfortable with it, but she wasn't about to, like, cause a scene over it. She was fine. Right. And so they come over, and I believe they're watching Kill Bill, Volume 2. Oh, my gosh. Classic. I've never even seen that. What? We should sit down and watch it. It's we really good. should. It's good. It's spooky, like, literally, like, this is the worst term ever, but it's literally spooky season, and I want spooky to watch... Spooky season. <laughs> spooky season. And I want to watch, like, all the classics. I want to watch Halloween, Scream, mm-hmm. I want to watch Kill Bill. We should watch... Chucky, like, all of them. Seriously. So they're watching movies, and they're hanging out, and, um, basically, Brian and Tori kind of think, like, this is kind of lame, like, I assumed this was going to be a party, and this is just me hanging out with a couple, and that's the fucking worst. So they probably it, feel like they're third and fourth wheeling a little I mean, bit. Maybe, but it's also just like, woohoo, we could do this every day. Yeah. Like, what is so special about this night? Like, we're, we're they just thought it was going to be something fun. Fun, yeah, because they're in that big house alone. And, like, her aunt lives on this kind of secluded area, and she lives on a street. And, like, let me see if I could, if I wrote it in my notes somewhere, but. I'm pretty sure the street was something so spooky for no reason. Like the name of it? Whispering Cliffs Drive. They, that's the street they live on. They live on Whispering Cliffs Drive. So it's like, it's like 523 Whispering, Whispering Cliffs Drive. Why? Why did I say it like that? I like it. I like it. But so they're there. It's the middle of, not the middle of nowhere, but it's pretty secluded. But it's like. It's not the middle of nowhere, but it's kind of like... It's far enough away that it's not like... like not city. house, 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 house. No, it's... Like it's interspersed, kind of... There's yeah, and they all have big yards, and it's spaced out, and like, wooded. Eek. So, Brian and Tori are like, nah, this is lame. So I'm gonna go. Yeah. And they're like, we're gonna go see a movie, because Brian and Tori are like, self-proclaimed movie critics... Oh, which so it's like, like that's what they do in their past. Time. It makes me kind of roll my eyes, even though like everyone can have a hobby, but like it's just like to I, be a critic, to be like a fanatic, cool. But I'm a movie critic. Like, yeah. Have you ever made a movie, Brian? And I feel like movie critics. I feel like maybe I'm making this up, but they're typically somebody like from the industry. You know what I mean? So you like, would think, but these are just high school kids. Like, I'm a movie critic. Like, okay. Okay, so you watch a lot of movies. What else do you do? I kind of feel like... Okay, that's mine. It gives off that attitude of just being, like, a snob about something. Right. Ugh. That's what I got from it. Everybody can have their own opinions on that, but, like, it seems a little snobby. Do what you would like. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, they head out, 
And shortly after, um, the lights in the house start flickering. And tell me that wouldn't just, like, make you shit your pants right there. Yeah, seriously. Luckily, Matt's still with her, so she's not alone. That's um, still odd. But it's still, like, you're still like, creepy. You're still high school kids. You're young. That's, like, ooh, spooks. Yeah. So the start, lights start flickering off and on. And they're, like, weirded out about it. Uh, but they don't really go investigate or really do anything about it. They just kind of wait it out. Yeah. And then the lights come back on, but they only come half back on. And they're like, that's so weird. Mm-hmm. But what and are we going to do about it? They're young, so they're not going to, like, know what to do in that situation. They don't have a house. like. But also, even if you did, it's not like, well, you find the breaker and then what, I'm going to fix it? Yeah, true. That's true. Then do what with it? You know? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know what's wrong with it. Yep. So they just kind of wait it out, and then the lights fully come back on. It seems like all is well, but she, Cassie's still a bit spooked by it. Um, and then Matt's mom comes by to pick him up, mm-hmm. and he was like, hey, mom, like, would you be okay if I just stayed the night with Cassie? Because she's kind of spooked, don't want her to be alone. And her, his mom, obviously, because they're in high school, says, mm, no, yeah. you cannot stay the night with your girlfriend in a abandoned house like you guys are alone but if she really needs to she can come stay with us and cassie's like well no i I was just the whole point of this is for me to watch the house like if i was just gonna leave i could probably just go home like and that's me assuming what she's thinking but like why would she go stay with her boyfriend she could just go home at that point Mm -hmm. but she was trusted to watch the house so that's what she's gonna do so she stays there and she goes back to watching her shows and the lights start doing it again. Like, fuck off, fuck off. And it freaks her out. And then all of a sudden, these two figures come up the stairs. And they're dressed in all black. And they have clown masks on. Fuck that. Clown masks. Literally fuck that, dude. And what do they do? They stab her to death. What the fuck? Over and over and over. It wasn't just like a little... Wow. Okay, I was gonna say a little, a little pokey. No, right. it was, Seriously. but it was like a an attack, a full on attack. They came for a purpose. Like it's like, and it's that's not what like it, was. it was a joke. No, like, like I don't even know like what the example would be because it's not a. Fucking it's not joke. funny. But at the same time, I could see like people just thinking that it's funny, trying to play a prank, yeah. and maybe fucking like cutting her and well, then running. Well, just you wait. Oh listen. god. So um. A couple days later, I think it was like, this is me making up numbers, but maybe mm-hmm. two days later or so, Yeah. the family comes home, and her cousin is the first to walk in, and she sees Cassie on the floor, and she's just like, what the hell happened here? Yeah. And she's like, laying in a pool of blood on the living room floor. That would be so traumatic. Stabbed to death. So, obviously, police are called, and um, first off, they go straight to Matt. Because Matt was the last person to see her. Yep. And, like, you know, classic cases. You always go to romantic relationships and the last person to see them. Which this is, like, the double whammy. Yes, it was, like, it must have been Matt, you know? Mm -hmm. They pull him in for questioning. And he's pretty, like, calm. And, like, not even really that shocked about what's happened. Like, maybe he is, but he's not giving off that. maybe he's in shock, but it doesn't seem like No, he seems almost cold or, like, disinterested. In what they're saying, oh, like God. he just like doesn't react in the way that they assume you would react Which if your hard. girlfriend was murdered. Because you don't know hard. how to assume, you know. You don't know really. That's what they always say in these kinds of cases: is that you don't really know 
you can't say what the right or wrong thing for a reaction to something like that. But at the same time, you get this idea in your head of what you expect to see. And when somebody acts the complete opposite, it comes up as like red flags, I feel like. Right. And it's just tough. But they they still really go in on Matt, obviously, because you have to in this Mm -hmm. kind of scenario. So they pressure him. So they start asking, like, what did you guys do that night? What happened? What were the series of events? And he was like, okay, well, Matt and Tori came over. They decided to leave to go to the movies. And then I went home. My mom came and got me. And then after that, I called Brian and Tori and was like, hey, like, what are you guys up to? And I was on the phone. I think it was with Brian, but I'm not sure. And he was on the phone with at least one of them, if not both. And they were whispering to Matt on the phone. And he's, they were like, hey, we're at the movies. So, like, that lined up with what they told him. Yeah. They're like, we're at the movies. I can't, like, I mean, I can't really talk to anyone about the movies. Uh-huh. And so, he's like, but they, they said they went to the movies. They I called them and it checked out. They were at the movies. And then I went home. Yeah. And that's what happened. That's and, what I know. Yeah. And so, then they're like, oh, okay, well, here are two other people who had seen her alive. Maybe they saw something else. So, they bring in Brian and Tori for questioning. And basically, um, they, like... Start talking to Brian, and he's the first to crack. So he starts saying, Tori wanted me to play this joke. He wanted me, we were going to play a prank on Cassie, and that was the plan. What we were going to do was we were going to dress up like clowns, and we were going to go sit in the basement and like fuck around with the lights, and when she came to investigate, we'd like spook her, you know, like, woo, you know, like that was it. We were going to just get her and it would be fun because not only were they like movie critics, but they were specifically horror movie fanatics. Like they loved horror movies. Oh God. So he's claiming this is what was supposed to happen. It's we just were, a joke. We were going to play this really funny, which it's not fucking funny. That's not funny at all. No. Okay. We were going to play this prank on Cassie, but it turned kind of south when Tori decided that we should kill her. What the And we so should attack her. Fingers. He's like, and I was afraid of Tori, so I had to go along with it or what? He would kill me too? Oh, kind God. of a story. Like, okay, we've heard that before. Yeah. And so, upon, like, all this investigation, um, they actually, like, before they had even admitted to all that, I thought this was just kind of interesting, they had gone to the movie theater where they had said that they went and saw a movie Mm -hmm. first. Yep. And they asked the girl working in the ticket booth, and they were like, "Mm, did you recognize these two guys? And she's like, no, they didn't come in that night, but I would have recognized them had they come because I go to school with them and I know them. Oh, so it's even like further corroborated because she's like, no, I would have known. Not only do I know they weren't here, I one hundred percent would have known. Because you know, because I would have recognized like that. Like I work used to work at Red Robin, mm-hmm. and I remember like when classmates or people I worked and you feel like almost like ooh, they see me at work. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I had a teacher come in once. My high school coaches used to come in when I worked in get a that burger weird place. Feeling of like embarrassment almost because you're like, oh god. Mine was after I graduated high school. Two years after I graduated high school, and, and I had a child, <laughs> so and like, they were coming in and they're like, hey, yeah, I'm working at a, a burger place.
place to it's fine i mean i'm, I'm happy i'm, I'm happy fulfilling here. my dreams and aspirations <laughs> i'm doing good. great thank you thank you for asking your like, medical anatomy class took me far they're like so can i get my drink I'm like, no <laughs> you can get the fuck out <laughs> anyways um so um basically within the interview with brian he breaks down cries and tells him all the stuff blames tori so they start, like, investigating the evidence. Mm-hmm. And they find out that um, Brian and Tori, like, there's a lot of evidence, I'm sure, that they had to go through to find this. But they find out that they had recorded themselves. Oh, God. Because what they did was they went into the basement when they were at the house to watch the movie. And had gone downstairs when he said he was going to the bathroom, unlocked a door in the basement so they'd have access to the house. Oh my god. And then when they left and were like, hey, hi. They really never left. They went down to the basement through the door that they had unlocked. Mm-hmm. And then when Matt called them after he left, they were in the That's basement. Why they were whispering. They were whispering in the basement. So, like, what they had done was they drove down the street just like, enough that their car was gone out of yeah. view. They got out and they dressed up in these outfits. They went back in the basement and they brought knives. And when I say knives, they didn't just bring like one or two. They brought enough, more than enough. Yeah. Like, overkill. Seriously. Not so much. I'm sorry. <laughs> but they brought like so many <laughs> knives and it wasn't necessary. <laughs> it was like too much. Okay. And in this like back or whatever. And they come up and they kill her. And they take all of their stuff, a lot of the clothes they were wearing, the weapons mm-hmm. they used, the masks, whatever. They put it in a garbage bag, and they go out and they try to burn it, and it doesn't all burn. Of course And then doesn't. they bury it in the woods. And they find where they buried it, and they dig it up, and they find this, like, Sony tape recorder that has... Oh my god, I... Okay, and we're So gonna, they, they digging it up being the police. The police, yeah, sorry. That's okay. But, like, they... Find all of this stuff. They find like a melted, like rubbing alcohol bottle where they had tried to probably get to, like, rid of evidence it or something. Yep. I don't know what it was for exactly. Knives, clothes didn't that didn't fully burn that had DNA still on it. Of thank course, fucking god. Probably blood everywhere. Yeah. Um. And I want to like stop the audio for a second and play the actual video of them. Yeah. It shows the day before, the night of. And then right after, it's Brian and Tori talking okay. about what happens. We and you just to have it. to hear it. And it just, like, gives you full body chills. Seriously. <laughs> Something okay. of that sort. We're going to add it to the audio right now. But we're going to listen. listen to it, too, because we have to. You have to. Okay. There should be no law against killing people. I know it's a wrong thing. But, Hell, hell, you restrict somebody from it, they're going to want it more. We found our victim, and sad as it may be, she's our friend. But you know what? We all have to make sacrifices. Our first victim is going to be Cassie's daughter. She's going to be alone in a big, dark house out in the middle of nowhere. How perfect can you get? I, I mean, like, holy shit, dude. I'm horny just thinking about it. Hell yeah. I was 9.50. September 22nd, 2006. We know there's lots of doors. There, there's lots of places to hide. I locked the back doors. That's all locked. 
Now we just gotta wait. I just killed Cassie. We just left her house. This is not a fucking joke. I'm I stabbed her in the throat and I saw her lifeless body just disappear. Dude, I just oh killed God. Cassie. Oh, oh, fuck. That felt like it wasn't real. I mean, it went by so fast. Shut the fuck up. We gotta get our act straight. Okay. Dude, that's like, right? And then the way, like at the very end, saying like, and then her lifeless body, I saw her life leave her body or whatever. I, I saw her disappear. That's disgusting. Like, it's, okay, like we've like talked in jokes and stuff, like that's like fucked up on like a whole nother level. To be able to fucking joke about it. And like, I'm sorry, but the fact that they, the night before we picked her, picked him, and she's our friend, but we have to make sacrifices. That's not your fucking friend, dude. That's disgusting. And that's you don't like, do that shit. What the? F- you don't do that to anyone, let alone your friends. Seriously, what's fucking? You claim to be. What could it even like? I just can't because it's like I feel like most normal people don't even have thoughts like that. No, so it's kind of like. How could it feel to seriously think that that kind of thing is a joke? like Or like just some fun thing to experience. That's something I never want to witness, let alone cause. Like, can you imagine being like almost proud is what it sounded like. And it's really fucked up because like when we do this, like every single episode we're talking about somebody or people who have died. And a lot of it is like talking about the aftermath and the family and the investigation and how fucking traumatizing and mm-hmm. disgusting and like gut wrenching and then to be these two kids and think that it's all a fucking game like a fucking joke like yay we picked this and this is what we're gonna do and it makes me want to punch them in the fucking face like, literally and I just find it interesting that Brian was the one to point the finger at Tori but um, if you can't see the YouTube video, which you can find that exact audio yeah, on YouTube. Yeah, and we'll link the audio, like the It'll where put, we're getting the audio. We'll link the YouTube yeah. video so that you guys can watch it because it's fucking disgusting. It's like a lifestyle blogger style murder. Yeah, like, it's just oh, and the fact dude. that Brian's the one that was saying like Tori maybe pressured me into just going along with that we have to attack or whatever and then if bullshit you guys are, if you guys are only listening to the podcast and our audio the one who's talking about picking their victim joking that it's cassie i killed cassie yes the one who Brian. says who makes the comment about watching her life leave her, disappear watching her disappear that's brian and then tori's one's like shut up we gotta get our act together Oh my god. And for him to just be like, Tori made me feel like I had to. That's disgusting. Like, you fucking coward. What the like, fuck? Like, I'm is sorry, but I'm, they're both equally to blame, but to There's be just, the one. It's comical to turn around and try to fucking act like you didn't do it. Yeah, like, okay, bucko. Like, whatever. Yeah, so basically, after that, the investigators watched the tape and it literally just showed them blogging. Their day before, day of, and day after of the murder, which can you... And there's probably so much more. Yeah, that's just a snippet of what's been released. Yeah. You know, and then, um, so they didn't actually record the attack, which, like, I kind of find odd, because with this... What? But you have to kind of think, because their argument in a lot of this is, like, that video was a joke. We didn't actually murder her. That was us. What? Yeah, literally they said that that's like, no, we didn't fucking do it. We were 
were filming our own like horror movie and that was like just like our plot like that was like what we were gonna do but we didn't actually do it like so then and then and then they but then also brian's that's what mostly what tori says yeah brian's like well then tori made us i'm a little bitch oh my god but like basically the whole time they're like it was just we only recorded it like that because we were gonna record our own video our own horror story that they wanted to solely base off of the movie the scream and that's why i find this like my my pre-halloween yeah because it's like it's based off a scary movie where and have you seen scream yes that movie traumatized me i watched that when i was seven Oh, I literally, that's terrifying. I was such a little Not baby. to interrupt, I, seriously, same. So I watched this movie, Scream, because my sister was having a sleepover at my mom's house, which never happened. It was always at my dad's house. She's having her friends over at my mom's house, and they all shut themselves in my mom's bedroom to watch Scream, and I went downstairs and cried oh. to my mom that I wanted to be a part, and my mom sat me down and was like, they're watching a scary movie. And I was like, I don't care. I don't want to watch it. So and it was traumatizing. So my mom, sure. you know, being yeah. my mom, she goes, okay, go, go ahead. upstairs and watch it. So I went upstairs and watched it. And I'm sitting on the big bed with them all. And they're all like laying on their stomachs at the end yeah. watching it. And I'm like in the back. <laughs> and I'm sitting here with the covers. And I'm like, my mom said I should watch it. My mom said I should watch it. <laughs> and then you were scared. And I literally left halfway through, went downstairs crying. And my mom was like, Jared, <laughs> that movie fucked me up. Yeah, it's it's a it's sick. Honestly, like I can watch it now and be like, oh, but like back when I was seven, that would have killed that me. And tr- like seriously, like what I stuck through was like that opening scene, mm-hmm. and that's like arguably the worst part. And yeah. that's exactly what they're trying to fucking replicate. Yep. Literally, they're trying to replicate the like taunting and the the joking and because even in the movie he's like on the payphone and he's like joking with her and he's like yeah. answer these questions yep oh my god it's just it's gross to want to do that it really is in real life like can you imagine and it's like i i just don't even know what kind of person can justify that that would be and i say this in every episode i, yeah. I do but like how do you do group murders I can't even get myself to, like, get on board with the murder train. But to get somebody else on board, how do you have that conversation to see if yeah. they're down with murder? And how do you find, like, two, three, four, like, in some of the cases, it's, like, multiples, yeah. you know? And it's, like, it's one thing to have, like, issues yourself and to think that something's funny. But to either convince or find a like-minded individual, it's, like, how do you even... Oh, my God. Yeah, and it's just... It's gross that they, like, idolized... A lot of really not good people. Yeah. Like the Columbine shooters. Oh, they thought they were okay. idols. Um, so they looked up to them? Yep. They thought that they did something good. grand. They wanted to go down in history basically to be as great as someone like them or Ted Bundy or all these other infamous seriously? people. Fuck them. And like, it's like... Like, no, seriously. Because we're yeah. doing like a podcast And it makes me feel case. bad. But at the same time, it's like people need to know that people do that shit and actually think that that's something to be respected for so to anybody listening that thinks that don't take this as inspo (laughs) no this is not inspiration fuck them seriously like yeah it's just disgusting so basically when it comes down to it neither of the boys really had a defense after all that yeah as you can assume yep and investigators actually have video evidence of 
the boys going into a pawn shop previously to buy the knives used to kill Cassie. What the fuck? And it's just like... It's just like case closed at that point, literally. you know? And, but yet they still stuck to their stories that the other one was to blame or that nothing happened or, you know, some bullshit excuse they pulled out of their ass. Yep. And going through the evidence, it was found that Brian's DNA was underneath Cassie's fingernails, but Tori's was not. Hmm. And DNA was found uh, of Cassie's on the shirt that supposedly Brian wore. Mm-hmm. And then with the knives that he used. Yeah. But still nothing that Tori wore, necessarily. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then even in the video, it was Brian saying, I killed Cassie. Yeah. Um, but only five days later, on September 27, 2006, Brian and Tori were arrested. And... Early the next year, around like maybe April or May, they were convicted and sentenced to life in prison for first-degree murder with no possibility of parole, as well as 30 years to life for conspiracy to commit first-degree murder. Jesus. Good. They ended up both, because they're the pussies that they are, Mm -hmm. they both appealed. Of course they did. And they tried to claim that, so Brian's team was trying to claim that any evidence or confessions in his interview, his I think it was, like, his fourth interview mm-hmm. um, should have been suppressed because he was a minor and his parents weren't present. But after, like, reviewing all of that, they deemed, basically, that... That's mm, bullshit. Everything that they have was legal, correct. Admissible. And yep. we can use that, and it's fine. Mm-hmm. And Tori's team really focused on the fact that he never actually admitted to anything. There's no... DNA linking him to it, whatever, you know. Um, and a lot of the stuff that they used to build the case against Tori was that they had found his computer filled with child pornography and animal abuse videos and searches and what have you. So. Oh my god. And basically his team was claiming that the search warrant used to obtain that evidence or whatever mm-hmm. was not specific to claiming yeah, computers which because you search have to, warrants are incredibly specific yeah. but luckily the courts disagreed and the appeal was also denied so both of them were denied um and then in 2012 uh the courts decided that mandatory life in prison like oh yeah, yeah. so basically like it was just a bunch of like bullshit and they, they literally just tried to get themselves out of that shit yeah because the courts decided that you can't sentence a juvenile to a mandatory life for sentence. a juvenile case yeah yeah so if you're sentenced to life sentences but you're under the age of like 16 or something yeah it's not legal you because they weren't sentence. tried as adults oh god i, I don't think maybe yeah. i'm wrong Point me out if I'm wrong. And I think, honestly... Because like, as we pointed out, legal things are not my strong suit. No, but... it's hard with that stuff. But I really think that there was a case or there's a situation that even if you were tried as an adult and you were sentenced to life in prison, I thought there was something that came out that was like, that's oh, not Oh, even okay. if you were? Because you were not an adult? Yeah. You're, oh. Something like that. And that might not be true either, but I know exactly something where that's going. around that mm-hmm. kind of a case. It just, Which I get, but at the same time, like you look at a case like this and you're like, we can't let those people no. out. They're not going to learn. They're not going to... And you look at the joking and the... Yeah. Just 
blatant disregard. I haven't seen it, but I think there's like a pretty big documentary on this case. And in the case, I think Brian basically kind of shows remorse. Which is weird because he's like the main... The mastermind. It seems. It, seems. it comes across. We don't actually know. We never mm-hmm. will. Mm-hmm. But it seems like he was. And he's the one that shows remorse. But Tori to this day is like, nah, not me. Nope. And his mom is one of those moms that sticks by him. Tori's. And is, yeah. And is God. like, my son's the victim. He's in prison for something he didn't do. And it's like... I'm sorry, what was that voice? No, but really. it's like, oh my god. I mean, uh, it's like you go back to the YouTube video and you listen and say, okay, we gotta get our act straight. Yeah. We have we, to get we, our we. act straight. Yeah. Mm. And it just sucks cause for the family because it's like, you'll never really know why did that have to happen. Even if it was what they, what we think it is, like it was some joke of a Pre- movie. Yeah. They, maybe they're... Maybe I'll play devil's advocate. Like, maybe they're too young to understand, like, the repercussions of something that they've just done. At that old, I still feel like you I know, but, but yeah, you have you're... to think, like, in terms of science, like, your brain is not developed until you're 21. These are, what, 16-year-old kids, 17-year-old mm-hmm. kids? There. Yeah. And so it's, like, there's the argument that they're maybe not, like, completely competent in terms of, like, adulthood. Like, mm-hmm. they don't fully understand what the hell they're doing. Yeah, like, but... But at the same time, I think back when I was 16, would I have thought that was okay? No. You're fine. Yeah, seriously. You're fine. Like, most people, 98% of people, I feel like. I even think if I thought back to when I was seven, I wouldn't think that was okay. Yeah, that's so fucking true. (laughs) You know? Like, it's so hard. Like, if you grew up with parents that teach you the things they're supposed to teach you, eat, sleep, be nice, don't kill. Yeah, I feel like. They wouldn't, you know. There's something ingrained in you to not do that it's called empathy this like, isn't common sense um damn that's I don't know. fucking crazy and it just sucks because like the family is the one that really suffers yeah bailey like, cassie's family yeah i just keep thinking about that episode bailey's episode it was really good you should go watch it i really kind of want to now you should yeah does it have like does it have anything more than we talked about mm. or is it kind of the same she just tells it probably better than I did. But <laughs> That's how I feel about everything I watch. But like, wow, I mean, only I could put it together like that. Like I said, I basically regurgitated all the stuff I learned from her. But it's important. plus we Wikipedia. <laughs> but I wish there was shout out documentary. There is. There is. Yeah, we can find one. I can't remember what it's called, but I think she talks about it in her episode. Oh, so we could. I think like the lost and something and the wow I made that up I don't know but there take is that something out. <laughs> to yeah. edit that they out er, but yeah crazy. it just it sucks because like even the family like you can only imagine how hard you want to push to blame something other than someone saying it was a joke it was a prank that doesn't feel like enough like closure no and you want there like you don't want something like that to ever happen but if it does you want it to be for a good reason not a good reason there's no good but like okay maybe someone was mad at her and this happened like it's different like for funny is not enough when there's money involved or there's a robbery that gone that went wrong then you can rationalize why that person maybe thought but a joke is not a fucking rationale like no so i i think what i read was that they claimed um that the school was negligent and they tried filing a civil lawsuit against the idaho the idaho school district We'll get through this, I swear. Adahool. <laughs> school district. They tried filing a civil lawsuit against them, basically claiming that they didn't do anything to Like they didn't intervene? 
But they were, they didn't go anywhere because it's like, how are they supposed to know? Because how does anyone... Like, it's one thing... What, you pick on all the weird kids and say they're going to kill someone, kick them out of school, well, you know? Well, it's hard because sometimes there's, like, those people... Like, I've heard of this, maybe I'm making it up, but I feel like I've heard of a story of, like, a kid who had, like, a death list. Oh. They got confiscated. My school had a hot list. Oh. <laughs> of all the I people like that every we school. think was hot. I feel like every school had that. Did yours? No. no. <laughs> okay, well... <laughs> that had good case, Celia. I feel like you do that, like, in shows, though. Mine had that. <laughs> Did your school have that? No. no. <laughs> okay. But every other school. But I have heard of a case having, like, a kid that had yeah. a death list that got confiscated. And I feel like if you found something like that and you didn't fucking do anything about it. Sure. This is, like, what... What are they supposed to know that these two weird kids that like horror movies are going to kill people? We have a crime podcast. Are we supposed yeah, to... Yeah, like, are we... Are we red flagged? If we had to, like, flag all the kids that acted kind of weird in school, I would have been flagged. You think so? My counselors would have been like, that's the one. She's, She's gonna the blow the school. I She's the one. This and, like, is... that's not funny, but, like, I would have been the one that they were like, mm. At least I think, really but maybe mean. I'm self-conscious. I had a kid in my school that I was, like, terrified. Like, I was petrified, and I think part of it... Petrified? That's I was strong. No, seriously. I was petrified. Like, and this is gonna sound really, like, judgy. Petrified <laughs> Maybe it is. Okay, but I had this kid in my school. He was in my math class, and he sat next to me. And he was, like, angry all the time. Oh. And he was that quiet kid. Have you ever seen that? <laughs> yeah, I had a kid that bit someone once in school. Yes, he was that kid. Yeah. And he was always really upset. And, like, we had this teacher. Her name was Miss Beal. And she was, like, brand new. Like, you could tell she was, like, super young. Mm-hmm. She was so nice. <laughs> and he literally stood up in class and was like, fuck you, Miss Beal. I fucking hate you. <laughs> yeah. Okay. In the middle of nothing. That's like, not funny, but. <laughs> and then we were all like, oh. oh. And ever since then, I was like. He's the one. <laughs> yeah. Red flag. Hey, can, can we get a flag on this game? <laughs> can we get a flag? That's really fucked up, but it's so true. Like, yeah. how do you know? You don't. And I think, honestly, they probably were just trying to find some sort of, like... Justification. Just for something, someone to take some of the blame other than, haha, we wanted to scare them. I feel Good like joke. it's hard, too, because there are, like, probably... Not probably, this is definitive, but <laughs> there's a lot of weird kids that are, like, normal as <laughs> yeah. fuck, but they get a bad rap yeah. because of the fucking weird kids that do this shit. Yeah. Like, there are a lot of kids that are more comfortable being by themselves, and they're more comfortable doing their own thing, and they find a like group of people that like the things they like, and maybe it's one person or two or a small group, yeah. but they like their shit, and they want to be left and alone. And everyone else is kind of like... I mean, okay, but... Yeah, and it comes off as, like, this, like, antisocial, but maybe it's not. Maybe it's just they are comfortable that's that That's just way. how they like it, and that's not, like, nothing to judge for. Not at all, but then So how take, could the school You know. take cases like this, and then kids that do this fucking shit, like... And they're not the they only ones. give off this fucking stigma. Yeah. Of, like, being the weird kid. There's nothing wrong with being the weird kid. No. Being the weird kid... It gives you some character. It gives you fucking character. It's... Builds up a thick skin. <laughs> they, I feel like the weird kid ends up being like the most like mature, like you know what and I mean. And interesting, interesting, the most mature because like remember how I said obs- I was the weird kid? Are you complimenting? <laughs> Jenna, you're the most observant, the mature. mature, so mature. But it's so true because you think the kids that are like really antisocial, they like don't talk, they like 
they internalize and they observe everything that's going on and so i'm like it's just so unfortunate that like now in the day and age that we live in with school shootings you're like looked at like that but yeah but then it's like should i be worried and here i am just contradicting everything you just said yeah should should we i don't know probably maybe Sometimes. It's kind of like that mentality of, like, serial killers. You just though. never know. You just like, can't know until it happens. And that's the scary like thing. Ted Bundy. Like, he yeah. was the most supposedly good looking. See, but he, fa- he would have been, like, the quarterback of this school. Mm-hmm. And he was the killer. You just never know. End of the story. We all could kill. Be suspicious. Nobody should. Be suspicious of everyone. All the of The weird. The popular. The overtly charming. The smart. Mm-hmm. The people who seem like they're not smart, but maybe they're the stoners. Something. The stoners. No, the, I feel like the stoners are super chill. I mean, yeah, but not always. What, do we have a case? I don't have a case. Uh, I'm gonna look for a case. I can find one. Yeah, we can find one. Let's have that be like a theme. One of these weeks. Like a stoner. We That's should. So should cute. we do themes? No. But like interspersed, like randomly. Randomly, yes. Not every week because like, holiday like, theme. Holiday. Here for it. <laughs> Hello. 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 Okay. Sorry. Well, it's getting to the point where I'm saying stupid shit. It's been. This was a really good episode. Like, I sorry, it was really anything. long. I think it's good though. Listen to me blabber. You like it. We I blabbered. like it. You're here for it. Hopefully. <laughs> Hopefully they're like, now I'm not. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> Cut that off. Dead air. <laughs> but seriously, we really want to thank everybody that listens to us. We have. I say this every time, but we have a ton of listeners in the United Kingdom. We have a ton of listeners in Ireland. Ireland, shout out. You guys been carrying this. <laughs> listeners in the United States, in Texas, South Carolina. We have a ton in Virginia, a ton in California. We appreciate every single person that listens to us. You can follow us on our Facebook. It is facebook.com slash between the crimes. And I think here soon I'm going to make an Instagram so we can post our pictures and stuff. Ooh, too. that's a really good idea. We can link both. Sorry, you just <laughs> claps on that. <laughs> claps for Celia. We can link our pictures on both, which yeah. would be super cool. Because I know a lot of people don't love Facebook these days. I just am stuck in the old days, I guess. No, seriously. Like, there's so many, like, forms of media that I feel like we should be on so that All we can, them. like, be obtainable to everybody. Let's rule the world. We couldn't. <laughs> we could try. But we... Damn, we could try. We're gonna die trying. So, oh, absolutely. Um, you guys can listen to us on Spotify. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts. You can listen to us on Stitcher. Podbean. You can listen to us on Google Podcasts. Podbean. We are everywhere. Usually, <laughs> that are in those places. We're working on getting to everywhere you like your podcasts but right now those are the places so follow us on facebook please comment on our posts and we love you like this episode we love you literally so much you don't understand we literally love my confidence every single one of you and appreciate you so much okay see you guys next episode